Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. To find information about the bridge, including service times and directions, check out thebridgeportage.org. We hope the following message inspires you to be one, make one. Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. To find information about the bridge, including service times and directions, check out thebridgeportage.org. We hope the following message inspires you to be one, make one. Like I mentioned, I'm excited to be here because family means a lot to me. This is a picture of my family, my husband, Christian. We've been married almost 28 years. Yeah, 28 years. And my son, who turns 17 next month, and normally they're here at the 815 service, either sitting right there in the back corner or up in the balcony, but my husband has the flu, and Mark got his wisdom teeth taken out on Friday. So it's been a little crazy. I was telling people that I'm actually glad to be here this morning because this is going to be easier than being at home, taking care of and being a nurse to the patients. So I'm excited to be here with you all. Let's take a look at what we have covered so far as we dive back into our Ten Commandments series. Series. We have discussed and learned and pressed into four of the commandments that there is only one God, that we should have no other idols or no other gods before me. That was commandment number two. We're not to use or misuse um, the Lord's name in vain. That was commandment number three. And then last week, Pastor Jeff helped us to press into commandment number four of keeping the Sabbath day holy. So hopefully you all are refreshed and you were able to take a nap um, last week. And we are going to press into commandment number five. And that is from Exodus 20, verse 12. You'll see it in your message notes, but also on the overhead screen. It reads, honor your mother and father. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. I was excited to teach this message for um, a couple of reasons. One is we are moving into a different type of commandment. For the first four commandments, our focus primarily was on our relationship that we have with God the Father. It is a vertical relationship, a way that we could submit to his authority and honor him. But this week, it is the hinge or the bridge into how do we submit to authority and honor the people that we have relationships with here on earth. So it's a way that we can still honor God and respect him vertically, but then also honor and respect our parents. And so we are going to um, look at a couple of different things. The other thing that we're going to um, address is that There are additional scriptures that we're going to be looking at, and it's listed for you on your message notes. So I've been looking forward to teaching this message because it has helped challenge and encourage me through my own parenting skills. And if some of you are thinking, good, my teenager is here today, and they're going to hear all about what it looks like to obey your parents 
Yes, that's a little bit of it, but this commandment also deals with us as adults, regardless of what your age is, and even if you are still a student, we are called to honor and respect our parents. And so I was fortunate enough to grow up in a Christian home, and I know that may not be the case for some of you, but I had really good parents, and here's a picture of Don and Pat Demaria. This was taken lots of years ago. You can see the timestamp on it. This was the way that we took pictures before we had phones. And I love my parents. They were great parents. And for most of the time, it was very easy for me to obey and honor them. And so we are going to dive into this scripture so that we can have a really good understanding of what it is that God is calling us to do. But before we do that, I want to just point out to you, I have a few disclaimers that might make it difficult to listen to the message. So I'm going to address this now as we dig into scripture. And the first disclaimer is that the way in which we look at this might be a little different. When Jesus was here on earth, he redefined what it looked like to have authority and to have power. And we're going to be hearing things about obeying and submitting, and it may seem like that is the weak way to go. But Jesus taught us that when we humble ourselves, we are called to serve and care for others. We also need to make note of is that no one's authority supersedes God's authority. And so There may be difficult situations where you might think, okay, should I be honoring or obeying in this situation? We are going to address that. But God's power and authority should not be superseded. And we can see this in Acts chapter 5, verses 28 through 29. And I'll set this up a little bit for you all. This is uh, written by... uh, A time in which Peter, who is um, speaking these words, is actually in jail. And he's in jail because he and the rest of the apostles were going out and preaching in Jesus' names. And the people over the law were saying, you can't do this. And so here's where it picks up. We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name, in the name of Jesus. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the rest of the apostles replied by saying, we must obey God rather than human authority. So above all, we must obey God. And then the last disclaimer that I have is that we live in a broken world, and sometimes that requires different applications. This may be challenging for some of you. Some of you may not have parents living at home. Some of you may not have had great parents. And just because we obey this commandment doesn't mean that we're going to have perfect and great kids. You may be great parents and have difficult children. You may be great kids but have difficult parents. And so I promise you, we are going to address that, but I wanted to get that out of the way so that we can dig into scripture, but we'll address what does it look like to apply honor and respect to those tricky situations. So let's go to the text. And I'm going to have us go ahead and stand just like we have in all of the other commandments as a way to honor God's word as we look through 
these different pieces of scripture. Exodus 20, 12, again, reads, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long and full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. In the New Testament, we, re- we see that it takes us one step further. Colossians 3, 20 reads, children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. And in Ephesians, it reads, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. And then Jesus tells us this in Matthew 22. It says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbors as yourself. And our parents are also our neighbors. Go ahead and have a seat as we continue to press into this. Here are the things that we are going to take a look at today. We're going to address three different questions. The first question is, what does this promise mean? It had mentioned that um, a couple of times in the readings that we read today. What does it mean for us to obey and to honor? And as I mentioned before, This isn't just a message for our students, our young adults, because we're going to take a look at what does it look like to obey and honor and respect through the ages. So adults, we are going to hear information about what that looks like for us to have children that obey and for us to honor our parents as well. And then we're also going to take a look at why does this matter? Why is it so important to honor parents so much. So question number one, what does this promise mean? It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to live to be 102 years old. Like the song that we sang, blessing is that God is going to honor and show favor upon generation upon generation when we follow what the Lord is calling us to do. It doesn't mean that we're going to live a long life, but Actually, it's a testimony to what it looks like when we honor our mothers and fathers, when we obey them, that it helps to increase the stability of our home and our extended families. And the community that we have when we do this is built on mutual respect. If we did not care for the elderly, if we did not honor our parents, that burden falls on the community and it's not sustainable. So as Jesus followers, what does it look like for us to do that? Jesus didn't change, um, or actually he did change. I keep saying didn't change. He did change. Jesus changed a lot of things. And one of the things that he did was he changed the way that we look at how we are called to submit. As I mentioned before, sometimes when we hear that word submitting or even obeying, I used to hate children, obey your parents. It just felt weak. And our humanness, we don't like living under authority. But Jesus' attitude was so different. And we can see that in Philippians where 
Jesus was called to die on the cross. He didn't want to. He asked if his father's will were to be changed, but it wasn't. And so there are times when we're called to obey and it's difficult. Philippians 2 verses 5 through 8 says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. So first I'm going to take us through what does it look like to obey from a child's perspective. The number one thing I'm going to tell us is that we need to obey and obey with a good attitude to not obey begrudgingly because God cares about our attitude. Children, as we grow or as you grow older, your wisdom and your knowledge increases. But I think we could all agree that when you were two years old, you didn't have as much knowledge or understanding as you did for when you were 10. And that knowledge and that wisdom continues to increase in your teenage years, when you become a young adult, and then become parents of your own. So I share all of that to tell you that your parents, because of the years of life that they have lived and the experiences that they have gone through, are wiser and know more. And because of that, you are called to obey your parents. I'm going to encourage you to believe the best about them, that you may not understand why it is that they're asking you to obey in a particular situation, but just assume that they have your best intentions at heart and that delayed obedience is still disobedience. So to obey with a good attitude, to believe the best, and to obey promptly because delayed obedience is disobedience. But children, I'm going to encourage you to have an understanding. And this was something, or to seek to have understanding. And this was something that, as a parent, I struggled with. I grew up in a home where my dad was in the military, and he served 20-plus years. And I'm the oldest child, so I'm more of a rule follower. And so when my dad said to do something, I did it. I didn't question why. I wasn't allowed to question why. But I just did it. My son is very different, and he did give me permission to share this with you all. He's almost 17, but he's very inquisitive, and he needs to understand the why behind things. And when he used to ask, why? Why are you wanting me to do this? I originally thought it was out of disrespect or not wanting to honor me. But it truly was he needed to understand the why behind it so his brain could wrap his mind around why he needed to do this. And God models that for us as well. <clears throat> you can see all throughout scripture where people come to God, ask questions, share what it is that they are feeling, 
And God graciously provides answers and welcomes those questions. And so, students, I would encourage you to do that respectfully. Seek to understand. And when you cannot obey, to then confront your parents and find out the why behind that. Never complain. And so as we move through the phases of parenting, the other thing that I want to address with parents in the room is that the way in which your child obeys is going to change throughout the years. The way in which you parent should also change throughout the years. When children are first given to us, we spend a lot of time in what I call the discipline years, where they're typically the ages of zero to five, where we are teaching them consequences of good and bad. This is where your muscle, students, is being strengthened to obey. The training years are followed by that, where we are explaining the why behind it, the rules and what the expectations are for a child living in our home, in our family unit. This next phase was probably the most difficult for me. And it's called the coaching years, where I needed to give up some of that discipline because it was no longer effective. I'm using more words like, I would recommend this. <laughs> you might want to consider this instead. And whether or not Mark chooses to do that, that is on him. And I am praying on a daily basis that the discipline and the training that Christian and I have done through the years is going to carry with Mark and he will be able to make good decisions. But if that doesn't happen, natural consequences will then fall in place. The consequences that I used to give him no longer work. The things that I did in the discipline years no longer work. The Legos are gone and put away. I can't take away his Legos. I can't take away his car. He works at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and so if he were to have his car taken away, it's more of a punishment for me because I would have to have my life disrupted so I would have to take him back and forth to work. So again, this has been a struggle for me because I'm learning more of how to be a coach versus correcting. And then the last phase is the friendship years where children are no longer obeying us. It's more of a friendship relationship. And hopefully through the years of training and disciplining and coaching, you're able to reap the rewards of an adult child and having that friendship with them. So obeying your parents shifts into what does it look like to honor and respect them. And regardless of your age, whether you are in middle school, high school, college, out on your own, an adult that is taking care of parents or your parents are no longer living, we are called 
to honor and respect our parents. And so we're going to take a look at some specific things on how we can apply that in our day-to-day life. One thing, one very simple thing that we can do is to say thank you, or I'm sorry, or I appreciate, or I love you. Just this past week as I was at home uh, putting in the last little bits of my examples for this message, Mark was at the kitchen table doing some homework. Christian was in the kitchen area too, and I was working. And Mark had asked Christian to help him with some of his art homework to give him some help. And so Christian did that. And once the help was over, Mark told his dad, thank you. And then he said, I love you. And then he said, I appreciate your help with the homework. And the whole time, Christian and I are like, what is going on? We gave each other the eye, but, you know, we want to keep it cool, but... I I couldn't because I was like, Mark, do you realize what you just did? You gave me the perfect example of what to put in for one of my examples for the message notes. You said thank you. You told us you loved us. You told us you appreciated us. My heart is full and it didn't cost you anything. And I'm like, can I use this example? And he's like, yeah, whatever. And then he went back to his homework. But those are simple things that we can do, regardless of your age, to show honor and respect to your parents. Also believe the best about them and their intentions. You want to also look for opportunities to serve them. And this is something where I have been able to really grow in this area. Some of you may know that my dad passed away about seven years ago. At the time, my parents were living in Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they just won the Super Bowl. I know. Um, they were living in Kansas City when my dad passed away, and my mom, five years ago, moved up to be closer to my family here. And shortly after she moved here, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, a form of dementia. And so it's been challenging but also rewarding to be able to serve her. And one of the things with Alzheimer's is that your memory just continues to fade and everyday tasks that we might remember to do, you simply forget. One of those tasks for my mom is trimming her nails, her fingernails and her toenails. And I'll tell you, I do not like feet. I like my husband's feet and my dog's paws. That's about it. And there was a time when my mom needed to have her toenails trimmed. And I remember sitting um, on the floor in her bedroom, and she was on her little lounge chair, and I was trying to trim those toenails, and my tears welling up in my eyes, because one, I didn't want to do it. And then two... It's just not fair. Jesus has been working in my heart on what it looks like to serve my mom. And luckily, I don't have to trim her toenails anymore because the doctor will do that for me. But look for opportunities to serve your parents. Look for opportunities to forgive them. 
Parents are not perfect. Whether you are an adult parent or a parent of younger ones, we make mistakes. And so forgive your parents. Forgive them when they ask you to be forgiven. Forgive them when they don't ask you to forgive them. And you can pray for them as well. And I promise you that as you continue to press into what does it look like to honor your parents and to honor God by honoring your parents, God sees that. Sometimes there will be opportunities for you to see the fruits of your labor. And I was fortunate to have a situation like that happen about a year ago when I was taking my mom to one of her doctor's appointments. You know, as parents of little ones, you take them to the doctor every year for their wellness visit. Well, as you get older, seniors also have wellness visits as well. Because my mom no longer drives, I got to, or I get to take her to her appointments. And um, about every other year, they do little memory tests to see how her memory is holding up or if it's continuing to decline. And so um, there was this particular test where um, she had to recall words. There was a picture that was on the piece of paper that she had to copy. And then the last exercise was for her to write a sentence. So she's over in one corner doing the little test, and it took her a minute to write the sentence. And this is what the sentence was. I think my daughter is the best. I still have that piece of paper. And when I get frustrated, I pull that out. And I say, thank you, Lord, for how you have shown me that you see me, God. And I would love to say that every time we honor our parents, that the Lord sees us and that we're going to see some physical evidence of that and we'll see the fruits of our labor. But sometimes that is not the case. But what I tell you is that God sees you. He notices what you do. And that's why it matters. So what do you do in those tough situations when God may not see you, when your parents are no longer living? You can still honor their memory. What happens when maybe your parents weren't honorable? What happens when your parents did things that weren't honorable but were destructive? There are times when, given the circumstances, it's not possible to pursue a physical relationship with them because of the destructiveness that may have happened. But you can still honor your parents. One way is to simply refuse to speak poor of them. If you can't say anything at night, anything nice, don't say anything at all. You can pray for them. You can forgive them. And I can't pretend to know what that is like 
because I'm not in that situation. I haven't had to deal with destructive behaviors. But God sees you and God knows you. And he still commands us to in some way honor that first relationship that he gave you. And so I'm going to pray over us right now. God in heaven, we thank you for the gift of parents that you have given to us. And I thank you for those good parents that it's easy for us to be able to honor and respect them. But Holy Spirit, in situations where it's hard and difficult, would you fill us up? And would you give us the compassion? Would you give us the grace? Would you help us to have that ability to forgive as a way to honor our parents? And I ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So as we wrap things up, I want to leave you with a couple of things. That there's good news. There's good news that even if you didn't have parents that were the best parents, God sees you and there is something else in place to help us. As I've studied what does the scripture look like and who are our parents, there's a question and answer in the Westminster Catechism that was written in 1647. And so the question is, who are meant by the father and mother in this fifth commandment? And this is the response. By father and mother in the fifth commandment are meant not only natural parents, but all superiors in age and gifts, especially such as by God's ordinance are over us in a place of authority, whether in family, church, or commonwealth. And the good news is, is that the church family can be your family that your family of origin couldn't be. Psalms 27.10 says, Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Everyone knows somebody who is older than them. Parents, you could start now in modeling the example of what it looks like to honor somebody who is older. Have your child write a thank you note to their Bridge Kids discipler. If you are older and your parents are no longer living, now is the time for you to step into what it looks like to be a spiritual mother or a spiritual father to someone else. Why does this matter to God so much? Because it's a practice of submitting to all of the other relationships that we are going to have. That very first relationship that God gave us was our mother and father. And we are always going to have other relationships that we are under. Whether it's at a job, you're married. This is a way to practice submitting to authority. When we do this, we become more like Jesus. And as Christ followers, that's one of the things that we are called to do. Jesus humbly submitted to the authorities. 
And as we reflect what Jesus did, the world becomes a better place and people notice, they notice that you're different. And it's a way to practice to submitting to God. When we honor and submit to the visible authority that God gave us, we are then able to submit and respect and honor the invisible, eternal authority in God our Father. So what's one thing that you can do to move forward in this command of honoring your mother and father? I've been challenged to continue to do what I'm doing with my mom, even when I'm not going to see the fruits of my labor. And so this cute little picture of Patty Cakes, as I affectionately call her, is just a reminder to keep doing what God is calling me to do, to serve my mom. It might mean for you to take one step further and to have the prayer team, somebody from the prayer team, pray over you, to have the help of the Holy Spirit fill you up with compassion or forgiveness to be able to take that next step and what it looks like for you. I'm excited because in life group, for those of you who are in life groups, there are going to be a couple of different ways that you can activate this next week or this coming week. You're going to have an opportunity to write a letter to your parent or a parent-like figure. Nicole had mentioned the worship that we're going to have this evening. It's another great opportunity to press into honoring your mother and father, honoring our father, our heavenly father through worship that's going to happen here tonight at the bridge. For those of you who have, um, who are parents who might have children that have fallen away or left the faith, coming to tonight's worship experience is going to be an opportunity for you to pray over those children. So there are lots of different ways to be able to activate this commandment over this coming week. It's my prayer that you all will be able to do that, and I look forward to seeing you all back here tonight at our worship time. Blessings, and have a great day. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church in Portage, Michigan. For additional information, check out thebridgeportage.org or stop by and visit us. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church in Portage, Michigan. For additional information, check out thebridgeportage.org or stop by and visit us.